Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Ladbrokes is the place to be for all of your golf majors in 2019. For this week's U.S. Masters, we're going money back as a free bet if your player misses the cut. And we're paying seven places at a fifth of the odds. Outstanding value throughout the 2019 PGA Tour here at Labrooks. Over 18s, T's and C's apply. And now for you nice ladies and gentlemen out there who don't understand the Italian language. I'd like to do two choruses in British. Why don't you get yourself a nice girl? I get, get a nice one almost every night, ma. Yeah, but get yourself a girl so you could settle down. That's why I, I settle should... down almost every night, but then in the morning I'm free. Okay, man, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Now, come on, now crank this motherfucker up. What if I drink this motherfucker up right here? <laughs> it's a very nice Rodney Strong Cabernet right there. Uh, welcome to Funkin' Fantasy. I'm your host, Luigi Curto. Next to me, I got my man, Joe Quills, back from the West Coast. Yep. From the Vegas trip. Uh, Joe, were you out there? Were you, were, you, were you hitting the skids? Were you having a good time? Or, or, were you, or, were you, or were you just dabbling in the sports book like a schmuck the entire time and not going out there and having a good time? I was dabbling in the sports book a lot, but... All right. Well, at least you had a good time. Did you make any money? I, I lost overall, but I hit a nice parlay on Thursday night. Well, that means you lost overall then. Hey, but I it wasn't as so bad. You limited the losses. Yeah. All right, that's what I want to hear. But you're not going to be limiting any losses if you're, uh, if you're listening to this program. Welcome to Funk of Fantasy. I'm your, again, once, once again, I'm your host, Luigi Curto. Call in number 619-924-9874, 619-924-9874. We got so much stuff to get into tonight. We're going to update the, uh, the Funk and Fantasy HBO characters bracket, and we're talking upsets galore going on in that bracket okay upsets galore we got one game in progress which is 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 decided by one vote right now one freaking vote and there's still a few hours left to get in this make sure you're going to add funk and fancy make sure you're voting for all your favorite characters we're going to update the real march madness tournament that's going on as well because people do care about that and i'm happy i'm happy in the fact there's no cinderella's in there this year i hate cinderella and even the one remaining. I mean, I hate it. And, and the one that's in there is a 12 is Oregon. I mean, you really can't consider a big-time school from the Pac-10 a Cinderella. And you can't consider them a, a Cinderella because they got the 12 because their star player, Bull Bull, hurt himself in the early part of the season. Again, I'm happy that it's not there. We'll get into that. We're also going to get into um, baseball season starting. So i got to give you my Phillies prediction for this year. I'll give you my predictions on Bryce Harper as well. Okay. On how he's going to do. All right? Also, we got news. Gronk retires the other day. So does Conor McGregor. But I have audio of Conor McGregor uh, having his last 
contract dispute with Dana White before he decided to retire. So we'll have that audio for you as well. Again, we get microphones deep into the uh, into the crux of the universe. My phone is always ringing during the show. I don't understand who's calling. I'm in the middle of a freaking program here. I guess people don't understand that I'm busy. All right? People checking in on Facebook Live. We appreciate you. Now, we also, to start the show, a tradition unlike any other, it's the uh, Luigi versus Scratch-Off. <laughs> All right? And I'm even I scratch one tonight. $20 scratch off off. I'm trying to become a millionaire here. It's not who wants to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. If I win this money, I will assure you, I will close this dumpster down forever. <laughs> All right. And I will get some, some, uh, I'll still be podcasting from somewhere, but it'll be in a much warmer climate doing something else, uh, more constructive with my time other than and this. And just okay. to let you know, I can't verify the, um, the ticket in the end because my app is not working for whatever See, and Jorge Luis Diaz says, yo, I didn't get an alert this time. I don't understand what's up with this. For some reason, people aren't getting alerts. People want to know when the show is on, and it's pissing me off. All right, now, give me, I got, I got a coin. I got my tools here. All right, I got a 10-cent coin. All right, we're going to scratch this off. We're all doing this together. Now, if I do win, I'm not giving you anything, but I'll buy everybody a drink okay, or a couple of drinks. We'll have some fun. I mean, after taxes, it's really like 600 grand. It's not much. All right, let's see. Anything on the bonus? No, I never get anything on the bonus. Lucky numbers are 2, 8, 14, 13, 5, 31, and 4. Here we go. 32, no good. 16, no good. 39, no good. 23, no good. 30, no good. 27, this is not looking well. 21, 19, 1. 38, 9, or nueve for our Spanish-speaking friends, 7, 34, 15, 3. Oh, we're just dancing around it now, Joe. We're just dancing around So we know this is not going to be any good. It's, it's always off one. Yep. 35, 28, 36, 40, 29. <sighs> and I have partaken this week, so... I sc- Hold on, man. Ah, you motherfucker. Another $20 down the drain. So uh, I'll be back next week. You, you, did you play? You played this I, week? I have one this week. Did you win? I didn't get that far yet. I thought I'd build the drama. On no, I don't build the drama. On. Nobody cares about your money. You scratch away over there a little. You just do your thing. You scratch, and I'll sit here, and uh, I'll go over important things. Okay. I'll go over important things like the Sweet 16 here in March Madness. So here's the Sweet 16 this, this, this season, folks. Brackets got busted all over the damn place, all right? And, um, you know, everyone's taking their Cinderella's and they're hoping for Cinderella to show up and, and, and burst everyone's bubble. But guess what? She didn't do that this year. Nope. She didn't do that this year. And I'm so happy because I hate Cinderella. It's like, look, win one game and then get the hell out. Get the hell out. USMBC last year, right? UMBC. UMBC, right? They go ahead and they beat Virginia handedly. I mean, smoked them by 20 mm-hmm. points, right? I think it was 19 or 20 points. Uh, they held Virginia to like 53 or 54 or whatever it was. Ran them out of the gym, okay? Start to finish, end-to-end winner. Go out in the next round, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. All right? That's what I want. Like, win a round, great. Show me the 16 beating the one, okay? Give me a 15 beating a two. Okay, I can live with that. 16 beat, I didn't even want the one to lose, not because of my bracket careless, but the bracket. I just wanted to see it. It was history, so I wanted to see yeah. it. But after that, win and get the fuck out. That's it. I don't want you in there. I don't want you in the Final Four. I don't want my Final Four to be uh, 9 versus 13 and 6 versus 8. 
-hmm. I want the best talent possible on the court. And this year, it looks like we're heading that way. I want the best college basketball talent out there. I want to see the NBA guys, all right? Now, we're going to have – so first matchup, we got number three versus – which is Purdue versus Tennessee, ten, versus the number two seed. Tennessee struggled. Purdue blew the doors off of Villanova. And let me give them a roaring round of applause for that because I was cheering them on. <laughs> Texas Tech, three seed, going against Michigan, two seed. Florida State, four seed, versus Gonzaga, one seed. Oregon is the biggest Cinderella left here at a 12. But again, I can't, I'm not going to sit there and consider Oregon a Cinderella story, as you were, mentioned earlier, but also in the fact that it's a 12 seed. But it's, it's that they're a Pac-10 team. They're a major conference, all right? We're not talking about, like, uh, Southeast Carolina, I don't know, Idaho-adjacent community college of Jesper, <laughs> all right? So, you know, this, is a, this isn't some random run-dunk school out in the middle of nowhere. It's Oregon, okay? Then we got number three, LSU versus Michigan State. And Michigan State should – I think Michigan State's going to beat this team. Even though I think the Izzo magic is running out, I think Michigan State will hold on to beat LSU. Number five, Auburn is playing USC. Now, Auburn shouldn't even be here. All right? New Mexico State had them, did the rights, done. They blew it. But Auburn's got, like, the best backcourt in the country. Okay? They really do. They don't turn it over much, and they're, they're, they have the best backcourt in the country. And that's what wins in college basketball is your backcourt. If you have the best right. backcourt, you're going to win. Auburn, I think, can knock off UNC. Can knock off the Tar Heels. And that's going to kill my bracket. That's going to kill a lot of people's bracket. But not only knock off the Tar Heels, I think they can make the final by doing so. Then Va Tech is playing Duke. Duke didn't look so 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 well against Central Florida, did they? Central Florida got screwed. They did, big time. The but make, it, the makeup call came in the final play of the game. Yes, it did. And you saw how their length gave them problems. They got that big seven foot nineteen guy. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. got just a big tall man standing in the middle. Uh, and Zion tried to go up and dunk on him. He wasn't having any of that. But again, Virginia Tech versus Duke. And then you have Houston. Hello. Number three versus Kentucky, the two seed. Now, this is what I want. Because when you get down to the Elite Eight, again, the, you're, you're going to have nothing lower than, well, again, Oregon being the 12. But everything else is one, two, three, four, five, the whole way through. Right. right? The last time you had a Cinderella type kind of a thing, right, is, well, let's go back. Let's go back to 2014, right? 2014, it was the first time in the tournament that it, ever in the history of the tournament that not a one, two, or three seed was in the final. Yeah, was Every year in the final, you are going to get chalk in the final. It's going to get a one, two, or three seed. 2014 was Kemba Walker's year with UConn with eight playing nine. UConn playing is the eight seed, Kentucky playing nine. The whole Kentucky yeah. team goes pro, obviously. They were all one and dunners. And Kemba willed that entire UConn team through the tournament. He couldn't miss. He was unstoppable, right? So, so UConn goes ahead. They beat Kentucky. They win the 2014 National Championship. It's an eight beating a nine in the final. But they were the two best teams. I mean, they really were the two best teams. Then you go back to 1985 and Villanova, Raleigh Massimino's, Raleigh Massimino's team, right? They're an eight seed. They go up against Georgetown, the best team in the country. I mean, you're talking about that Georgetown team. You know, you haven't seen a team that dominant since probably Lou Alcindor's UCLA yeah. Bruins team, 
Okay, that, that George. I mean, they had to play the perfect game. It was literally called the perfect game. They had to play the perfect game to beat them. They had Ed Pinkney, who was the most offensive player, the the, the, the most outstanding player of the the conference. I mean, the, the tournament that time. All right, they go ahead, they win. So Villanova beats Houston. They were an eighth seed when it happened. They had to win the Big East just to get in to the dance. Remember, back then, Big East, everybody. I mean, that was the toughest conference there was. I mean, there was a ton of teams in there, and everyone was good. So they go, they beat, and they beat Houston. And then you go back two years before, and you're looking at NC State beating Houston in 1983, which to me was the biggest upset in college basketball history in a final. That's Jimmy Valvano's North Carolina State team. They are the 60. They're going up against the number one Houston team. That's Akeem Olajuwon's team. Yeah, now if you- That's Fly Slam Ajama. You're talking Kareem. You're talking Clyde, okay? That team was an NBA team on the floor. When that game went final, that was a six beating a one. I don't even remember what the line was in that game because I was about two years old. But, Joe, if you could try to find that for me, but it's got to go down as probably the greatest upset, in my eyes, in college basketball history. I'm looking it up now. All right. Also, I want to get your thoughts. 619-924-9874. 619-924-9874. Do you, want, do you like seeing the Cinderella's in there? Do you like seeing these lower class, I mean, these lower seated teams going in there and playing against the big dogs? Because once they get to the Elite Eight, you, you've, it's shown. Cream rises to the top, and these teams get destroyed. They get blown out of the freaking water, man. It's not even fair to them. You know, all of a sudden, the, the, the gym just gets enormous on them, you know? But anyway, that's March Madness bracket. The hell with that bracket. Get down to the bracket that matters, all right? That's the HBO challenge. Let's update you a little bit. Round one. We're, all, we're, 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 all about to, we're about to get to the Sweet 16 of this as well. Round, what, we got breaking news. No, it's not breaking news. Okay, what do you got, Joe? Uh, just to close your thought on the national championship game, uh-huh. Houston was favored by seven and a half that night, according to Wikipedia. That was it? Just seven and a half. Really? But So Vegas believed in NC State. Now, have you seen the 30 for 30 on NC State? I have. Yeah, and I, I saw it over the weekend, and he was doing all kinds of crazy stuff mm-hmm. that were, were going against the book. Yeah. And they were working out. I mean, you just knew that fate was in his hands. Yeah. It's, it's it was a, like I said it was it was a magical night for Valvano and company and they were able to knock off Houston and win the national championship and cut down the nets. So HBO bracket challenge first round update here. We got Tony Soprano knocking off Ray Drecker right. Turtle outlasts Augustus Hill so he's going to take on so he's got Tony Soprano versus Turtle from Entourage in the sweet in, in, in the round of thirty two. Uh, Tyrion Lannister knocks off Spencer from Ballers. Snoop from The Wire. The 13 seed knocks off Eric Northman from True Blood. Knocks off the four. Okay? That's an enormous upset. So now you have Snoop versus Lannister. All right? And you have uh, Daenerys Targan, the, uh, the, you know, the mother of dragons over there. She takes, she's going to take off, uh, she's going to take against Chris Keller from Odds. Oz, the six seed, knocks off Brother Justin from Carnival. Bunk Moreland from The Wire with a minor upset, 10 beating a 7 over Al Swearingen from Deadwood. All right, it was a minor upset. Larry David cruises in his round. I see that. All right. So it's Tony versus Turtle, Lannister versus Snoop, Daenerys versus Chris Keller, and The Bunk versus Larry David. All right, this is it, that, I think that went just the way I thought it was going to go. We move down a little. Jon Snow makes easy work. All right. 
Nucky Thompson sneaks one out against Bubbles from the wire. Okay, because I see it's 50-50, so... That, it was fifty fifty. It was literally was dev- it was a dead tie, so, and it went to the to the higher C, which w- would be the eight C, okay. the lower C, technically. Okay, and then Johnny Drama, the five C, takes care of Calamity Jane from Deadwood, the twelve C. So now we have Jon Snow versus Nucky Thompson, and then Drama will take on Avon Barksdale. Drama versus Avon in a matchup for the cent- of the century. I mean, this is going to be one of the toughest games of the entire tournament. All right. Then Bill Compton, he advances to 6 versus 11. Uh, Paulie Walnuts from the Sopranos had a little bit of a tough time handling Brody from the wire, the 3 versus 14 matchup, but he advances. And then Jamie Lannister, the 10 seed, knocks off E from Entourage to advance. And then Chris Partlow, the 15 seed. Out of the West Baltimore region, knocks out the number two, Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. The 15 knocks off a two. Uh, listen, I know people aren't big on the Sex in the City kind of a thing, but she was a major character for a yeah. long time, and she was shown no respect here. They put her in one of the vacants, and Chris Partlow advances. He will take on Jamie Lannister in the round of 32. We shift gears. And we go up to the top right. We had Ari, who took on Ashley Schaefer from eastbound and down in the, as a one seed. He knocks him out. Christopher from The Sopranos is not is currently and probably will move on to win against the Night King from Game of Thrones. Bill Hendrickson is the five seed. He's there's your 12-5 matchup. Ada BC from Oz has taken a commanding lead, I believe. Joe, if you have an update on that. Uh, it's fifty-seven forty-three. Fifty. So it's, it's still it's 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 still a two-point yeah. game there. I went I went with Bill Hendrickson because you got like a guy that has three wives. Of course, it's more money, more problems though. And then Cersei Lannister is taking on Arliss, but Arliss is not going away. The four first, the thirteen matchup. And where are we at right now, Joe? Where does that stand? Fifty-fifty. It is tied, ladies and gentlemen. Deadlock, a virtual tie right now. Arliss versus. Cersei Lannister, people get on at Funkin' Fancy right now. Vote for your favorite because this, is, I mean, you can't get no tighter than that, okay? And then also Stringer Bell right now is laying a beat down to the number three seed against the 14 to Brianna Tarth from Game of Thrones. And Silvio from The Sopranos, the sixth seed, is handling the 11 Weebay from The Wire. And we are just about to start uh, as soon as this show goes. Actually, you know what? We're going to do it right now. We're going to post... No, we're not going to post. We're going to do this during at the eight o'clock hour. We're going to start the seven ten matchup, which will be the seven seated Arya Stark versus number ten Seth Bullock from Deadwood, and then we finish it off the nightcap with the number two seated Junior Soprano versus the fifteen the Hound from Game of Thrones. Now the Hound's a feisty one. He may not go quietly, okay, but. I got a feeling Uncle June's going to take care of business. And then tomorrow, we finish up the first round in the bottom right quadrant where Omar Little sits at the number one seed and where you will find heavy hitters like the 13-seeded Crypt Keeper (laughs) waiting in the wings, all right? The number 10-seeded Marlo Stansfield. The number number six-seeded Kenny Powers who can make a serious run if he can get some love in this tournament, all right? So, again, all that's coming up later on. It's coming up tomorrow as well on at Funkin' Fantasy on Twitter. Make sure you're following along with the show. And get your vote in. That's right. Make sure to vote because 
you know, unlike the actual elections that go on in this country, this isn't fixed. Well, I mean, it's it's on the up and up. At least we think it's on the up yeah. and up. I mean, there's been some there's been some pining for votes, but it's on the up and up. I haven't seen any pining yet. Well, that's because Charlie hasn't checked in yet. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's go into um, let's get into this retirement nonsense. All right. Okay. Rob Gronkowski. So Gronk officially retires. He's thirty years old. All right. And uh, he was a second pick, twenty sixteen. Retires, 79 touchdowns, 10 or more touchdowns in five seasons. That's the most by tight end in NFL history. Played in 115 regular season games. He had 521 receptions, 7,800 yards, 16 playoff games, 81 receptions, over 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. Those are all records for a tight end. All right. He's tied for second most touchdowns ever in postseason history, only behind Jerry Rice, who's in front of everybody who's with 22. I don't think anyone's going to catch him. Gronk's leaving with three Super Bowl rings. And Gronk basically had his, you know, he retired. And it sounded exactly like this. Y'all having a good time out there. There is nothing inside of me that does not believe that Rob Gronkowski is going to end up ass butt naked on a boat somewhere, all right, on some sort of TMZ show, all right, getting pulled over by uh, by some kind of police, all right? Gronk is going to go nuts, all right? What well, well, Jason Nemrov says, he hasn't spent any of his NFL paychecks. Is that possible? I, I think somebody handles his money for him. And That's incredible. It's like a little stipend. That's incredible. Well, guess what? It's about to get nuts for Gronk. Right? Yeah. He's a 30-year-old man living his life. He's going crazy. That's good for him, though. So the question has to be asked. And it's been, it's been asked already all over the place, and some people are going to say no, and I'm going to disagree with them. Rob Gronkowski, greatest that I never play football. Yes or no? I say yes. Yes. Because I saw something on Twitter the other night, and I don't know who tweeted it, uh, but over... The, over the course of his career... People are saying he lives off endorsements. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Over the last nine years, he's had the most touchdown receptions in the NFL, period, whether it's wide receivers, running backs, anybody. Look, from he's a fantasy standpoint, you're talking about a tight end who's going in the first round. Yeah. This guy's a first-round pick. And quite arguably the most unstoppable player on the field. You couldn't stop him. No. You couldn't put anybody... He manhandled everyone. Incredible hands, deceiving speed. He run through you, ran great routes. Guy's a knucklehead, complete yeah. total knucklehead. Yeah, but he's the best damn tight end to ever live. Now, you can argue Tony Gonzalez. I'm gonna say you're wrong though. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I, as much as I love Tony Gonzalez, and he was a fantastic player, Hall of Famer himself. Paul Ferrer checking in. What up, brother? Um, I don't. I just don't think he's on the same level as Gronk. I mean, and the numbers prove. I mean, just in the short body of work, the nine years that Gronkowski played, and he's had the last few that have been hampered by injury, and that really, and that slowed him down. Yeah. Think about if he wasn't slowed down by injury. I mean, my God, this guy would have been scoring twenty. I mean, at one point, I thought he was going to score twenty touchdowns in one season. Yeah, I think he scored like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, he was incredible. And and again, remember, you know that this year during the Super Bowl. You know, he basically was non-existent the entire playoff time. And then it came – well, actually, it was nice towards the entire, like, second half of the season because of the injuries. And then come playoff time, they slowly started to bring him back in in the Super Bowl. 
He was one of the biggest reasons why they won the Super Bowl. All right. And he made that important catch in the fourth quarter. Enormous catch in the fourth quarter. All right. Now, Gronk is going to have a lot of stuff going on after football is done. All right. He's a, he's 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 somebody you can promote off of because you know he's got the whole like you know Saturdays are for the boys kind of thing and the drinking and the he, he he's a knucklehead. He's crazy and and he. You know, he speaks to the youth of the NFL, which is good. That's great. So he's going to have life after football. He's going to do something. All right. He's not going to be in a booth. Well, it might be in one kind of a booth, but it ain't going to be a it, it, it may, maybe a DJ booth or a stripper booth or something like that. Yeah. But it's not going to be the NFL booth. I, I, hearing Gronkowski talk football is not going to be good. That I wouldn't want to hear. No. So then Connor McGregor retires. All right. So Connor steps down. But before he stepped down, all right, before he stepped down, there was a little bit of a discussion of a, of a contract talk for another fight between he and Dana White. We were able to get our microphones in close to be able to get that conversation, and we're going to go now to that audio and bring you that talk. Well, do you want to do it? That depends. On what? On you. Hey, this caravan. Uh, not the Rouge, but the Rose. It's not the same caravan. It's not the same fight. What's the fucking size of the last one? Turkish. The fight is twice the size. And my master needs a caravan. They like to look after me mad. It's a fair deal. Take it. You're lucky we aren't worm food after your last performance. You buy the Tarts Mobile Palace is a little fucking rich. Just get calling your mama Tart. I just meant... And I save your breath and cured your parts. Hey, look. So what's a heck of two roof lights? Uh, the sinus house frame furniture. And the uh, scarher cushions with the uh, matching shack by cover. Yeah. Right. It's a terrible parcel to the party with the blue bags. Have I made myself clear, boys? Yeah, that's perfectly clear. Just give me one minute to confer with my colleague. Did you understand a single word of what he just said? <laughs> and there you have it. Straight from Connor and Dana White's interview right there, you know, for their, their contract talk. They just couldn't come to, to an agreement. You know, that's what it was. They were just at a complete impasse over details. And, um... They couldn't make it happen. So Connor announced his retirement. It's a little hard to understand Connor when he speaks. But I, got, I, I have his quote here, so we'll, we'll break that down. So Connor McGregor, quote, I've decided to retire from the sport, formerly known as mixed martial arts. I wish all my old colleagues well going forward. I know I now join my former partners on this venture already in retirement. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. 30 years old. Uh, he was also, um, he was also recently arrested for, uh, smashing the man's cell phone outside of a Miami beach hotel. I don't know what that has anything to do with anything, but you know, obviously he's retiring. And then he had that issue in Ireland. They'll be found out. Today. Well, we found out now he's got an issue going. That's pending, but he also retired back in 2016, uh, where he says, I've decided to retire young. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the cheese catches later. All right. Connor, 30 years old, retiring top of the world kind of a thing. Listen, man, he, you know, he, he put, helped put the sport on the map. Uh, he's going to retire. I don't know if he's ever going to fight again or not. We'll, we don't know whether it's going to be in the MMA. I got the feeling he's got, a, he's got, a, um, he's got some sort of um, career going to be happening some, in, in some aspect of, of entertainment somewhere. Angela Rosalia Nelson checking in all the way from Minnesota, where we hopefully the thaw has happened. All right, because last time I talked to her, I think it was like minus 97 degrees in Minnesota, and hell has officially frozen over. 
So, Angela, if you can give us a, a report on what the weather's like over there, I'd appreciate it. We hope you're, uh, you're thawing out and spring has sprung in Minnesota. But so Connor retired, and again, he's gone, but his voice, his phrase, his comment will live, on forever. Will live in eternity on this podcast, and we'll play it right now in honor of Connor McGregor. Who the fuck is that guy? That will never go away. It will never go. It will never get old. Connor, thank you so much for leaving us with that on the way out. And uh, make sure you don't trip over you know, Vince McMahon's wallet on the way into the WWE because you know damn well that's where he's heading. Yeah. It, there's no way he's not going to be doing something with the WWE. He's, he's yeah. an entertainer. He wants to be. She said it's 70 degrees. 70 degrees in Minnesota. Roaring round of applause. Those people have suffered enough. All right? They have suffered enough. And they had that. They, they had that cyclone bomb two weeks ago. A cyclone bomb. Yeah, the hell's a cyclone bomb? They're coming up with all these it, weather terms. I know. Like it's thunder, snow, cyclone bomb. Whatever happens, like it's hot and cold or it's freezing. Like what happened to that? What happened to it's really fucking snowing? Watch your language, young man. This is not your home. Sorry. That's all right. You can say whatever you want. It's fine. But anyway, so Connor goes, and I just don't, I don't understand. Like he says he wants a piece of of the. Um, which call he, he wants a piece of the um, of the business, right? Right. And Dana White stands up for himself, and, and he basically stands up and goes, "You sure? You could have a piece of the UFC. You bringing any money into it? You know, you can you can buy a piece. Sure, no problem if you're paying for it. I'm not going to give you a piece because you know what happens then if you give away shares to that, it opens up the doors for other people's giving getting shares. He said something earlier. He made a comment saying, "We've had superstars, St. Pierre, and Ronda Rousey, and all these other people, Conor McGregor." He's not the last one. Yeah. There will always be another one. And that's the constant, is that when these guys leave, there's always going to be another one that's coming in. I mean, look at Gron- Gronkowski's retiring, right? But as, he's, as he was on his way out in the last couple of years, you saw the emergence of Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz and tight ends like that who have stepped in. There's always going to be someone else. So you don't have to give in to all that. The one thing you have to give in to is guys like Mike Trout come around once every freaking generation, every 50 years, exactly. and you, get, you pay him $430 million over the next 12 years, which sounds like a lot of money, right? yeah. and it is. It's a lot of freaking quiche, all right? But my thing is, is that if you really look at the contract and you look at the player and you look at the length of it, you, you basically said, listen, he's not going anywhere. He's staying here forever, and you're getting him on the cheap because two years from now, when, his, when it's time to actually pay the guy, you're looking at paying north of maybe, I don't know, $50 million per year. Right. And then you're looking at half a billion dollars. And we talked about this last week. You were in Vegas at the time. By the way, when you were in Vegas, what, so, so tell me, what was the feel like for you, Joe? Where, where, where'd you stay? I stayed at Harris. All right. Harris? Yeah. Stayed at Come on, man. You got to do better than that. And I spent most of my sportsbook gambling up at the Westgate. That's it? Yeah, you go to the wind, you go see John Avell at the, uh, did you go see any of those people down there? Did you, th- did you go to Old Vegas? No. Did you go to Fremont Street? You didn't go to Fremont Street. No. Bro, I hate to do it to you, man. Go ahead. I hate to do it. I got to give you. If you've never been to Vegas, Fremont Street in Vegas is, is Old Vegas. It's the old strip. Now, you've been to Vegas several times, Joe. Yeah. Have you, now, you've been to Fremont Street, though, right? Never have. You've never been there all the times you've been there. I like staying on the strip. Okay. Free, right. Old All Vegas right. is just like New Vegas, but just slightly out of focus. Okay. All, all right. right? Like, you see all the street performers that are in Las Vegas on the main strip? Mm-hmm. They have those on Fremont Street. They're just not as good. All right? 
It's the land of the 99-cent margarita, okay, all day long, okay? It's where Binion's is. I walked into the El Cortez Casino Hotel, all right? I go into the carpets from the 60s. It hasn't changed. I sat down and played a Wheel of Fortune machine. No lie. It literally said, win a jackpot, get a free Klondike bar. That's my kind of <laughs> casino, all right? Because I, 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 I don't just want to feel the win. I want to I want to taste the win. You know what I mean? And and listen, they pour the drinks like shit there. Okay? I, I mean it's horrible. The casino dealers are dressed in all these ratty like all these like just ratty old stuff. Um the carpets look like they haven't been cleaned in for I mean it looks like it's 1972 when you're walking down the street. And it, but it's fucking epic, dude. It it is the most it's the greatest shit show in the history of the universe. It's all in one place. And then there's this big zip line and you go straight down the middle of it and people do it. One guy went down naked. <laughs> Literally he was naked going down. It he looked like freaking uh what you call it? Um He looked like Peter Griffin though. That, that yeah. was a, that was a, it was a bad yeah. thing. He looked like Peter Griffin going down. And he literally went straight down the ship, and he was screaming like just all kinds of nonsense. And people are hooting and hollering and throwing chain. They're like pelting him with quarters and nickels and dimes. They're throwing margaritas up at him. And then, you, like when you're on the strip, do they give you the? Um, they give you like the? Uh, you know, you know, you get to run the gauntlet. They give you the, the, the cards. You know, the girls to your room. The girls, card slappers. Yeah, girls yeah. to your room. Girls to your room. And I don't I have that. I didn't. I didn't see them this time. But well, then, you weren't looking, Joe. You didn't spend much time outside. But. But also, I was inside, especially on Wednesday, because it rained there all afternoon. Right. I'm but, listening to you, Joe. Keep also, talking. There's a microphone, also, buddy. Keep talking. Keep it. Also, uh, the Link Promenade, which is between the Link and the Flamingo, they've even built their own um, zip line. Right. And it goes from uh, Las Vegas Boulevard toward the High Roller, where the uh, monorail is. They have okay. Their, they have their own. See, I didn't ride the monorail. The one thing I did do, like, I, I, I went to go do the, uh, so my only time in Vegas, a couple years back, before I started, endeavor, before I started to decide to dive into this shit show of a dumpster fire show that I created here, um, I go out there and, actually, you know what? I stayed at Harris myself. <laughs> I think about it, because I was like, wait, did I stay at Paris, Paris, or was I at Harris? No, I was at Harris, because the first night there, I had dinner at the top of the Eiffel Tower. We went to the top, I went to the top of the Eiffel Tower, and uh, I, I, was, I was hitting bets like crazy. I mean, it's literally, I walked in, I walked into Paris, Paris, played blackjack for 15 minutes, won 1,200 bucks. Go upstairs, I'm ordering escargot, I'm ordering freaking old, I'm like, well, bring more everything, you know, whatever, who gives a shit? Bring it all over. So we're at the top of the Eiffel Tower, we're hanging out, and um, we went, the, the one thing I did like to see was, I, I loved going to Caesars and seeing like the the promenade in Caesars because it looks like it's outside. It looks like yeah. you're outside. And it's 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 just magnificent. And then obviously the fountains at the Bellagio are incredible. Now do you know you could sit there's a table that's outside the Bellagio on the patio. One table you can sit there, okay? And there's a button on the table that controls the fountain. Oh nice. You can push the button but if you push the button, it's $100,000 to push the button. You can set it off anytime you want because, they, remember, they don't go on all the time. Yeah, so if you're sitting there and you're having dinner and you want a 35-minute freaking water show going on behind you to Frank Sinatra's greatest hits, it's going to cost you $100,000 for that. Um, Seriously, $100,000. And you know, what I would, you know what I say to the people at the Bellagio who charge $100,000 for that? 
You have smoked yourself retarded. But people pay it. People pay it. Yeah, and that, and that Bellagio fountains, they run them uh, starting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, but you're not a baller unless you're at the table, you're doing your thing. Know. You know what I mean? It's, you got to impress the hookers. That's what it is, man. That's what it's all for. It's all for show. It's all for yeah. show. Now, let's get an update on the Funkin' Fantasy matchup. Come on, man. I, I got to go at Funkin' Fantasy on Twitter. I want an update on the scores because we got a lot of tight ones here. We got some barn burners going on. All right? Joe, what do we got? Let's see here. Come on, um, man. You got to be quick with this. Arliss and Carlisi Lannister are still tied 50-50. Oh, how much time is left in that matchup? Uh, 18 hours and four minutes. Oh, well, that just started. Yeah. So that one just kicked off a little while ago. All right, so we got, yeah. we got some time for that. Uh, Adebisi from Oz is up. Fifty-seven, forty-three. There's fifteen hours left on. That. Okay, so these are the ones that started earlier today, but they're they're going tomorrow. Yeah. But but they're they're separated by very small margins. Okay, very small margins. And I believe the last one to go off was how Stringer Bell, how Stringer Bell and Silvio doing in their matchups. Uh, Silvio's up seventy-nine twenty-one. So Silvio's starting to run away with this one. And I believe Stringer Bell is probably doing the same at this moment. Seventy-two twenty. And that's exactly as predicted. Stringer Bell doing his thing. Again, check it out later, eight o'clock when Arya Stark hits the uh, hits the courts. All right, my boy Uncle June. Uncle June just going off there. I, li- yeah. I like June. I like Uncle June to make it run. He's in a tough bracket, man. <sighs> Speaking of tough brackets, man, this this Cabernet is really really oh, good. And also. Uh, uh, Brenda said on Twitter that we're in your bachelor pad tonight, and uh, I forgot to send Brenda a picture of the uh, the spiral um, escalators at Caesars because she didn't believe me that there were. Sp- yeah, there's spiral escalators. This is not yeah. a bachelor pad. But I don't live like that, man. Yeah. It's a nice place. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice place. I got some nice shit in here, Joe. Yeah. Right now we're we're playing we're, we're playing Wheel of Fortune, and the and the puzzle is before and after. What is this, Joe? What's it going to be? Hold on. Guitar pick of the litter. The guitar pick of the litter. That's right. Solve the puzzle. This is too easy. Boom. Usually I have the TV tilted a little more so people can pay attention and, and play at home. But One day I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask people to solve the puzzle. If they do, they're going to win a fabulous prize. Just like someone won the other day who's going to be going to Cantina Laredo with me, Tony, and Robin on Thursday for the tequila dinner. All right? Now, I, and the guy won by default. It's kind of funny how he won because I, I gave it away randomly, and the, and the woman who I gave it to, sweet woman on, on, on social media, she couldn't make it. It's her sister's birthday. I mean, yeah, she's going to have another birthday, right? She's had some before. Who cares, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Birthday? Birthday for your sister you probably don't even like, right? Or, or Joe, you're going to go... Have expensive tequila served to you with top-notch cuisine paired with specialty drinks with some of the best company you can find this side of the Mississippi. What would you do, Joe? I would go with the uh, the Cantina Laredo stuff. You would do it with the Cantina Laredo yeah, stuff? If I drank. Well, that's a good job out of you, buddy. Listen, it's going to be a fantastic night there. The Again, I, I mentioned the menu already. I can't repeat it because I can't handle that much Spanish in my head right now with all the other stuff going on in there. But go to cantinillaredo.com, King of Prussia, and check out the menu. 60 bucks, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. I mean, the tequila alone is going to cost you 60 bucks. Forget the food. Forget everything else. Just the tequila alone, you're going to sample there. And they got a super añejo, man. We got the 44 over there. I've been a good boy. I stay away from it. I stay away from it because it's, it's, it's special occasion shit, all right? I don't open that for everybody. 
It's one of those things where people are like, oh, can I try that? I'm like, no. No, you can't try that because you don't even know what it is and you can't appreciate it, so you can't have it. So get the hell out. Now, Joe, we've got into March Madness. We've talked about the brackets. We've broken down the Cinderella's, how I hate them. It has nothing to do with against women. I love women. But Cinderella, she can get out. Baseball's here, Joe. Thank Baseball God. is here, all right? For everyone who's been waiting for it, summer is upon us. I just found out, and I bought the spring pass for the Phillies, right? I just found out I got a game. I got games on Saturday and Sunday, May 30th and the 31st. Yeah, look, man, check it Mar- out. You mean March 30th? March 30th, that's what I mean, not May. What the fuck am I talking about? March. Yeah, where's it at? It's right here. It's, uh, I got all these tickets here. Where's it at? Is it the thing? Da-da-da-da. Yeah, March 30th and the 30th. So what do we got, four against the Braves? Three. Three. They, there's no game on Friday. There's no game on Friday. So I got March 30th, which I didn't, unbeknownst to me, I'm not even going to be able to make the first game I bought. I bought 17 of these freaking things, okay? I got two tickets to each game. I got to give away the first game. Yeah. I'll be, at, I'll, be at the, I'll be at the 705 start March 31st against the Braves, yeah. all right? Uh, so I'll see the third game of the skid. But baseball, again, is here, and it's already underway. We already said goodbye to Ichiro last week, last week which was... I mean, did you see the throw he made from the outfield to third base just to show off the arm? He threw a ball about 305 yards on a frozen rope straight to the third baseman. The, the, ball, never, the ball never just – it never dipped. It never dipped. It was just a fro- – the guy's – he's still got a cannon, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so he retires. So Major League Baseball again starts Thursday. We all know it starts. We know that Jason Nemiroff was checking in on Facebook Live. We know it starts on Thursday. We're saying it's here. It's ready. We're ready for baseball. Okay? Now – Doug McGregor says he'll be there on Saturday, April 6th. I will be there as well. I will be there as well. Uh, Jennifer, check it in. She says the Reds opening day for me. She's a, you know, Ohio person. What are you going to do? And that's a tradition unlike any other. In what, Reds opening day? Yeah. Why? Because they always make sure the Reds open up at home. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Is Pete Rose betting on it? Probably. That's probably the reason why. But anyway. So I'll be there. I'll be I'll be at every freaking home game basically. And so I gotta I gotta go to I'm going to Cleveland. Oh nice. Willingly, actually, which is weird because no one does that. I'm going to Cleveland, Ohio later on in the month uh, for my guy's yearly bowling trip. It's how it's a tradition unlike any other where my friends and I we've we've you know we, you get older you move on right you, life happens guys have kids get married at least that's what they did yeah here's me you know basically the the last schmuck on the planet me too and um, they. You know, every year we've gotten together, we go bowling. We have this tradition. We just we just we pick another city and we go bowling. This year it happens to be Cleveland. We're going to do the, do the Hall of Fame. We're going to do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We got this swanky little pad downtown. Be real chill. I might go uh, throw something at a LeBron statue or something. I don't know. Whatever. We'll figure yeah. it out. I'm actually going to be bringing. I'm doing this on part. I am bringing a Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty bobblehead into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm putting it in there. Put <laughs> Rob Thomas in the Hall of Fame. I don't care if he's not retired or not. The rest of these guys aren't retired. The Rolling Stones should have been retired 30 freaking years ago. They're going on tour tomorrow, okay? Yeah. I'm putting Rob Thomas in. If anybody wants anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you send me their paraf- a piece of their paraphernalia, and I will make sure I sneak it in to that Hall of Fame museum because I, my friend, run security for the Philadelphia Museum of Art. 
I know my way around these things, all right? I know where the cameras are. I know where the sneaky spot, I know where the, where the shaded spots are, all right? I will make sure we get it in there, all right? Yeah, I'm just looking to see if somebody was on here. I, I don't think he is. Doug McGregor says, if you like a Christmas story movie, the house is in, the house is in Cleveland for tours. I don't want to go see where Ralphie grew up. Remember the Christmas story, yeah. don't you, Joe? Yeah, no, well, You're looking yeah. at me like, a, like no, I got three I'm, heads. I'm trying to think of a good line to say, but I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. Well, that's why you you know, don't oh. really give much to the program. I'm sorry, man. I never did. I hear you, buddy. Now, baseball again, getting ready to be underway. I got to make my predictions on the Phillies. Now, I got 182 of these games. I'm going to break them down one by one right now. I'm kidding. I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to break down every single game, all right? And I'm not going to break down every division. I'm not going to go into all that because this is craziness, all right? And I don't get paid to do that by anyone. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not doing that, all right? I got a life that I would like to try to get to at some point. But I'm going to take care of my fills here, all right? My fighting fills who I'm rooting for. Joe, how'd you make on that scratch-off? Did you win? No. Thank God. Because if you would have won, I would have also been pissed. But I'm going to double-check it afterwards right. with... No problem. You can just look. I, got, I can tell you right now if you won or lost. No, I know I lost, but I just want to verify with the app, which I, I have to do at home because this phone isn't working on the app. I hear you. Now, Phillies acquired Bryce Harper. Okay? They get some help in the bullpen. Rotation's healthy. Right? Everybody's healthy. So far. So far, so good, Right? Lineup looks good. You bring in Gene Segori, get Relamoto. Everything's looking pretty happy, happy. Reese Hoskins. Back to first base. I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction now. The Philadelphia Phillies. 96 and 66. They'll win 96 games this year, which will be good enough to win the National League East. All right? I think Harper coming here. It's not just Harper. Okay, I just think another year under the belt with Kapler and these guys. And, again, it was a lot of youth, man. It was a lot of freaking youth on this team. And I think that another year older, another year wiser, all right, I think Kapler has figured out a way to, to bring in his um, um, analytics to the game, okay, has been able to do that and incorporate it with actual baseball because it's proven that you can't do it with one or the other. I mean, you, you, can, you, you, can't just do, you can't just run analytics straight baseball and, 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 and win. Okay, Billy Bean tried to prove that. It came up short because at some point, bunting is part of the game. Stealing bases is part of the game, all right? It's, it, you have to be able to play that part of the game. But there is a place for it, as the Red Sox proved later on right. that next season by going and winning the World Series. So I do believe in some of the analytics part of the game, and I think this year he'll... I guess I, I think what I'm saying is he'll learn how to stay out of his own way a little bit. Yeah. You know, he'll stay out of his own way a little bit. He'll I think he's learned a little bit more. I think he has a trust of the team a little bit more. I think the team trusts him a little bit more than they did last season. And you bring in a guy like Harper, who now I don't want to hear anyone sitting here trying to say like this guy's a leader of the team. You can't expect someone to come from another team and already be the locker room leader when he wasn't really the leader in Washington to begin with. Okay. Right. Now, he said when he came here to Philadelphia, he said the first thing he felt when he walked through that locker room was he felt home, like he was at home, okay? Like he felt like a home atmosphere. Now, that's only because he looked over both shows and not see Jonathan Pappelbon anywhere because he yeah. wasn't trying to get choked yeah. out, all right? That's the only reason why he said it, and that's fine because that gives – I mean, it's got full validity in that comment, okay, because Pappelbon's a little bit of a maniac, all right? And he choked out Bryce Harper for, again, for being a punk, okay? 
Harper, a couple years removed now. He's you know he's, he's a little older. Okay, so we hope he's a little bit more mature in that aspect. But he's gonna, he plays his heart out, so we'll give him that. So here's what I'm going to give you my statistics that I'm going to give you for Bryce Harper for the 2019 Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. All right? Okay. Oh, yeah, by the way, today's Harry Callis' birthday. Yes, it is. So shout out to HK, man, the great HK. Um, you know, he passed away. 2009. Yeah, 2009 today. He got, he got the call of his World Series, though. You know, yeah, he got the call of his did. World Series. People forget that when the Phillies did win the World Series, he didn't, you know, when he originally won in 80, he wasn't calling it. Yeah, and, and because of the outrage in '81, mm-hmm. that's when they started doing the home, home and road teams. They wouldn't let the they wouldn't let him call the game, so he couldn't even call the Phillies winning the World Series. But he got a chance to do that in 2008. So, rest in peace to Harry Callis, one of the greatest voices you'll ever hear uh, on the radio. So Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, I'm going to bat him at 287. Okay, which is right around his average, 287. I'm putting him at 36 home runs. 109 RBIs, though, which will be a personal record. That's the most RBIs. So I'm saying he's batting 287, 36 home runs, and 109 RBIs. Now, does that equal $33 million for you? Um, what do you think? Does that equal 30? Does that, does that equal? Is the juice worth the squeeze on those numbers? I think for year one, no. But. What happens in year two and year three? Does that go? Does that home run go from thirty? Well, that's what you paid him for. Does you it, hope because you're hoping that's what's going to happen? You're it, hoping that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Does it go from thirty six to forty to forty five or whatever over the next? I don't five, think Harper's a fifty home run hitting guy. Here's what I found on the web for does it go from thirty six to forty to forty five or whatever? Thank you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I had the button pushed down the entire time. <laughs> And it goes, here's what I found on the web for does it go from 36 to 40 to 45 or whatever. Those are my waist sizes, by the way, from 22 to 40. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't even know what these re- – wow. I, I don't even – I'm getting, like, the weirdest <laughs> responses, and there's some porn. Uh, it's, it's, it's strange. Man, the Internet is a fucking real <laughs> crazy place. Um, See what I cause? Barbecue Beef Balboa says uh, on Twitter, at Funkin' Fantasy, he checks in, and he says, who does Luigi got in the ALCS and NLCS World Series matchup champion already? Well, here we go. ALCS. Houston Astros. Okay. New York Yankees. Houston Astros going back to the World Series. Okay. This is where we're going to get a little crazy. Okay. All right, you're going to get a little nuts, a little wild with this one, all right? Just hear me out, okay? NLCS, Milwaukee Brewers. Dodgers. And Mr. Bob Euchre will be calling a World Series in Milwaukee when the Milwaukee Brewers play the Houston Astros for the 2019 World Series. And all he'll be doing is calling it because the Houston Astros will win the World Series. I like Houston, too. That's what I think. I'm going to put a couple dark. I think Milwaukee's a team last year who showed 
They got the potential to be there. Okay. Now, a couple years back, um, I made a bet in 2005. Okay. My dad went to Vegas, 12 to 1 odds. He goes, uh, it was 12 to 1 odds on, on, the, on the Chicago White Sox to win the World Series. He goes, who do you think? He's like, you want to put a bet? I said, put 500 bucks on a White Sox to win. Now, but the year before, they were just, uh, Jose Guillen's there, they were on the cusp. They were just coming around. I'm like, you know what? 12 to 1, I'm going to take the shot. If they get in, if they get into, I know everyone says, oh, if, if you're in, you have a chance. No, no, no. If they got into the, if they got into the postseason, they were going to the World Series. That's how dangerous of a team it was. And they made, and they made it there, and they won it. And I feel Milwaukee is the same type of team, all right? Also, the, but the Astros are just, they're just too tough. They're just, just, yeah. just too goddamn tough. And, and I, I still feel the Dodgers, with the slew of talent they have, I don't think there's anyone in the NL that's going to get in their way, uh, aside from Milwaukee in the NLCS, where I think the Dodgers come up short and they choke. That's it. Speaking of which, Dodgers, uh, Dodgers fans out there, uh, Chase Utley will be calling some games yes, he will. out there. Um, and you can basically hear a lot of this. Ready? Fly ball, caught. <laughs> and there's Chase Utley calling a Major League Baseball game. The man has no personality. I mean, seriously. Unless he's been holding it all back all these years, right? And he's just going to just unleash it on national media. You know, you know, when he goes out in the broadcast booth, he's going to be like the, hello there, Wahoo fan. You know, he's going to be like the craziest broadcast you've ever seen in your life. He's not the next Vince Scully. Well, then again, nobody else gets that Spectrum Sports Channel in L.A. No. Only Chase himself. Speaking of Chase, we're going to chase everyone away right now by playing the, uh, the Tuesday 10. Okay. Ten! A ten! A fucking ten! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, well, <laughs> next question. <laughs> See ya. All right, we all know how this works. The Tuesday 10 brought to you by Dr. Catfish Charlie. He's not here tonight, but he's here in spirit. As he texted the messages over to Joe Quillen over here, he's going to read them off to me. I have no idea what they are. He comes up to them during the course of the day. He has no idea what they are. He gives them to you, and I answer them for you. I think tonight's like uh, his girlfriend Jess's dad's birthday or some okay. shit like that, but whatever. Anyway. Yeah, because he did say dinner is far from over. Godspeed, Joe. You're the keeper of the 10. All right, well, we entrusted you, and now I entrust you to start the damn question. Okay. Go for it. Number one, what's your favorite local urban legend? My favorite local urban legend? Yes. The Jersey Devil. I got to say the Jersey Devil is probably my favorite urban. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the only one that's realistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the only one. Why? What do you got? I mean, I told you before the show about the uh, legend that I tried to create in Bridesburg. What was that? The Tomb of the Forgotten Pollock. Oh, <laughs> the Tomb of the Forgotten Pollock. Yeah, the only difference was everyone knew it was him except for himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Get it? Because, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Next question. Number two. What age can kids, what age can kids clean up after themselves? You mean like wipe their own ass or like do their own dishes? Uh, let's let's keep it the dishes, cleaning up their toys, stuff like that. I'm a man. I'm forty. I would say around. F- well, dishes are tough. Man. I mean, would you trust a three-year-old doing dishes? That's no, a that's a dangerous no, situation. No way. Cleaning up your own toys, you gotta say three, four, right? All right, everybody, put our toys back in the box. Yeah, right? that's, that's a good, that's a good foundation right. point for kids. I would say toys back in the box, three to four, 
This is seven. Yeah. Seven. You can see the sink, the inside, the inner working to the sink. Seven's a good one. Because if not, when you're like four, five, six, you want to play with the soap too goddamn much. You know what I mean? And you're wasting yeah. all the soap, and it's yeah. just to make it a big mess. You make more of a mess than you are helping. Yeah. So I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with four for the two for wait. Two, three for the toys, seven for the dishes. That's what I think. Sounds good. And then right out of the womb for manual labor. I got to put these bitches right to work. Yep. <laughs> all right. Number three. Where's your birthday dinner restaurant go to? Birthday dinner restaurant go to. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, when, I, when I turned 30, um, I went to a place called Spazzo. And I remember it was uh, my mother, my stepfather, and my, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, I, enjoy, I started becoming like the, you know, when it's my birthday, I don't need this big celebration crap. Like, I just want a few friends around, just a couple, couple people, and just go to dinner. Um, you know, wow, man. So I've never gone to the same place twice for like an occasion like that. Um, I've been, and I've been to some really nice places on my birthday. Um, you know what? I, I can't hammer down one. I really can't. Yeah. I, I mean, I can tell you what my parents did for me. I mean, they used to just take me to Nick's roast beef because it was quick. It was cheap for them because they didn't make the most money. And they were well, no, I understand. Everybody. No, I understand. Yeah. And it's not about yeah. spending the most. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, it's, actually, you know what? I had a, this past year, went out for a belated birthday um, to a place called Macaroni's over in the Northeast. It's worth going to. Okay. It's funny. I leave South Philly to get rid of, you know, get away from all the Goombas. And I go up there, find every single one in the Northeast up there in the same place at the same time. But it was me and several of my friends there and uh, fantastic dinner, great time, great conversation, great food. The, the atmosphere was fantastic. And that's all, you, that's all I really ask for. So uh, to be honest with you, the company matters more than the meal. Like, exactly. I've always said this before. Like, so Anthony Bourdain, right, who um, Jason never says Chuck E. Cheese. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Actually, the pizza's not bad. It's really not. Um, so there was a, uh, an episode that Anthony Bourdain did of, um, of his show, and he was in the Greek islands, right? And he was talking to some guy, and the guy says there's a saying that, he, that his family had, and it, it goes, don't tell me what you ate. Tell me who you ate with. And, I, and that stuck with me for a long time. And it's like, I, I, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're doing in anything in life. It, it, what matters is, is, is who you're doing it with, like who you're experiencing those times with. Like That's what makes it the moment. You know, I, I'm not going to remember what I ate, but I'm going to remember who was there, and and that's what matters. If I, I that that's what counts to me. So yeah, I mean, that would probably be one of my best ones. I had some of my yeah. best friends around, and it was a fantastic thing. And yeah, that that would yeah. be it. Yeah. Next question. Next question. What's your favorite gas station? Favorite gas station. Charlie, come on, man, you got to come better than this. Um. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It ain't this freaking Luke oil up the street on Broad Street. That's, that's price gouging out the ass over there, all right, man? Take it down. I mean, my car takes, the, you know, the most expensive gas you could possibly take. You know, blame German engineering, okay? And they charge me, like I said, it's like 30 cents more expensive than anything. A-plus is a shit show. 7-Elevens, it's, it's touch and go. Yeah. You get some clean ones, you get some not-so-clean ones. What about Wawa? 
and screw Wawa. Okay. Screw Wawa. You want to go into a Wawa parking lot to go get gas. You, you write your own ticket to your own funeral. All right, pal? Because that's just a, it's a it's demolition derby in there. Um, you know, BP's all right. I like a BP. Okay. BP's all right. They got decent pumps. They're not service. They got the little person on there that, that gives you a little commercial and talks to you while you know, you're sitting there. You got a little entertainment to watch. You know, she's not yeah. sitting in front of paying attention. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, number five. What's the worst thing to happen to you in a restaurant? Aside from the check showing up? Um, man, the worst thing to happen to me in a restaurant. Well, nobody got whacked, so that was good. Um, nothing. I, I never had any really bad experiences. You know, I never had any bad experiences. They were, they were all no, no craziness. Never had any nonsense happening. I can't think of anything on my end No, no place get robbed or anything like that. No. Nah. But, you know, hey, listen, tomorrow's another day, right? <laughs> you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? So. Uh, number six. What's your go-to appetizer? Calamar for the table. Come on, man. You got to get the calamar for the table. I mean, there's no other appetizer that's greater than the calamar, which is, it's, it's calamari. But in Italian, we say calamar, which is spelled with like a K, a couple of A's, some G's, and a D. Mm-hmm. All right, so we leave a whole lot of the spelling out. But calamar for the table. Jason Nemrod says there was there, someone spilled drinks on him. Now, were they like, was it deliberate? Were they thrown on you? Like someone, like someone threw a drink at you? Has that ever happened to you? By the way, have you ever had someone throw a drink at you? Like throw a drink in your face? No, I've never had anyone do that. I kind like, I kind of want it to happen. Like, I kind of do, just to be that guy. Like, oh, we got splashed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like one of those kind of things. It's almost like a shot. You know, it's like a free yeah. shot. You, know, you got to open yeah. the, got to open your throat. Yeah. But no, um. Yeah, Galama for the table, easy. I'm old school like that. I mean, because everybody can just pick at it, you know? Yeah. You just pick it, you put a little lemon on there, perfect. Tell them not to fry it too hard, though. Got it lightly fried. Lightly fried. Flash fry. In, out. That's it. What about you, Joe? I, I mean, I like the mozzarella stick. I knew you were going to be a mozzarella mm. stick guy. You are. You, you remind me. You're like Rafino, Joe Rafino, <laughs> friend of the program. He's, he's a, a connoisseur of mozzarella sticks. This man knows more about mozzarella sticks than... Uh, I don't know. Then, then, then I know about calamari. I know a lot yeah. about calamari. All right. Next question. Uh, number seven. What's the best part of Snapchat? Deleting the app. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like I, I don't get it. Like what's there's there's no point in it. Like to me, I I believe it's nothing more than two things. A bunch of young people. I don't say young people, like I'm old, but a bunch of like younger people, younger kids being able to like just randomly just show a bunch of shit. Right. And then for a bunch of people who want to be, I don't know, non-discreet and want to send pictures and have them go away right away. And I think it's more for infidelity than it is for anything else. Um, Yeah. Snapchat leaves a, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I, there's no need for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, people, some people use them for the filters, which is great, and that's fine. Um, they do help with some pictures yeah. for people. Uh, but again, to me, I don't, I don't see a use for it. Yeah. Uh, what's the worst part of Snapchat? The worst part? Of, I, just said, I just said the worst part. I just answered the question, the two-part well, question. Well, he, he, that was question seven and eight. Best part was seven. The worst. filters, man, the crazy filters. You know, 
You know, like the 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 the, the wreath of hearts around your yeah. head or the puppy dog. I mean, it's it's cute for the kids, like for yeah. little, little kids. You know, like a two three year old kid. You're like, hey, buddy, you know, put your face up here. You see the puppy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's cute. Like all right, then go play. You know, do the dishes. You know, yeah. one of those kind of things. Yeah. But I, other than that, I don't need to see some grown man or woman in her forties playing with fucking Snapchat filters. Yeah. Cut it out. Number nine, how have you how have you triggered people lately? How have I triggered people lately? Honesty? By being honest? The truth is triggering. People don't like to hear the truth. Nope. The truth is a scary thing. There's this there's a quote. Um and I don't know who it's by. In fact, no one knows who it's by. In fact, it's, it's credited to just being overheard in, 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 a, in, a, uh, in a New York bar. And it basically goes, the truth is like poetry. And, and almost everyone fucking hates poetry. <laughs> like, seriously. No one, no one likes that. Like, I, I, it's just, like, no one can handle... It's not about just being like, oh, you can't handle the truth kind of a thing. It's the, it's the fact of like... People don't want to hear it. They don't want to listen to it. They want to make up. They, they want to make up their mind on their own without doing any kind of journalistic due diligence of finding out facts and and basing their 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 feelings and their their thoughts on a certain subject or whatever the case may be on actual truth. Yeah. And that's what makes it difficult to uh, to have conversations with people. And it's very triggering to people because it's challenging their thought process. It's challenging their thought process. Jason never said the truth hurts. Damn right it does, dude. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does. The, the truth fucking sucks, brother. It really does, man. And it's almost a point like, you know, would you rather be lied to sometimes? You know, would you rather be lied to to not have your feelings hurt? And to be honest with you, no. No. I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not the person to say, like, let's tell a little white lie just to make sure it's, you know, in the up and up kind of a thing. Like, no, I'd, I'd rather be honest, man. I'd rather someone be honest with me and just deal with it then, you know, just, just get it out and deal with the situation and have a conversation and base it on truth and not just, like, misconception and a bunch of stupid lies. So that's just the way I feel about it. So, yeah, I think the truth is what's triggering the people. Because, again, if you listen to, like, if you listen to like Fox News and CNN, right? You're getting left versus right. Yeah. Okay. And they're giving you their truth and the other one's giving them their truth. And they both don't want to hear each other's truths, right? So it's like until you guys get together and try to understand one another's truths, nothing's ever going to change. And that's why we're heading for another civil war. Mm -hmm. But it's not north versus south. It's right versus left. Because you don't even like... Now, like, the, the question is, it's like, it's no more like, what's your sign? It's like, what's your political view? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm, I'm of the Jackie Moon theory. Everybody love everybody, all right? That's yeah. it, man. ELO, man. Yeah. Everybody love everybody. But I'm serious, man. It's getting to the point where, you know, like, marriages are being split up and, and you know, f- fights are happening amongst friends who just, you know, believe one side or the other. It's like, dude, like, we're going to kill each other. You know, forget the United States, man. It is the divided states of America, and, and we are heading for another civil war, and it's going to get ugly as hell because it's, it's being done 24-7 nonstop social media, and it's just, it never ends. And it's constant coverage, and it's constant just absolute just 
spattering of just facts and bullshit and more facts and more bullshit and just people trying to convince other people that I'm right and you're wrong. How about the fact that nobody's right? Nobody's wrong. You know, why can't we just live in the middle? You know, like there are some, some, some things where it's like, okay, you feel this way about this. All right, well, how about this? Here's a word. Compromise. Let's compromise a little bit. You know, Trump wants to build a wall, right? Okay. Maybe we just don't build it that high. <laughs> you know, like one of those kind of things. Or, you know, they, they, we want to raise the, the, the minimum wage to $15 an hour. All right, well, why don't we make it like fourteen fifty? Or something. Whatever. Like, let's just meet in the middle somewhere, man. Let's just, let's shake some hands. Let's make some friends. We're making enemies. Yeah. Seriously. It's just like, it's, it, it all goes, like, what's the color of your tie? You blue or red? Yeah. I thought we were all, like, red, white, and blue. You know? What happened to that? What happened to the white part? Yeah. Not to sound racist. I'm just saying. I know, I mean, just, I what happened to the white? Saying. You know, what happened to the white part? I know part? you're saying. Go ahead. And number 10. Should Jesse have been let go scot-free? Also... How big of a douche is he for his statements? So I was watching this on, uh, <laughs> it was funny, I was watching this on the news, where, so he goes out, and they dropped everything, yeah. right? And they, they sealed the files, right? So he gets to go out there. This, this, is, this is the bull, and, 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 the, and the, uh, the, the mayor and all the political people, they, they are so right by this. They're like, this is such bullshit because of the fact that he's a musician. It shouldn't be like this. This is, this is, this is what's, what's wrong with everything today, okay? So because they closed the files, because he foregoes his bond of 10 grand, he gets to stand in front of a news camera, in front of all these people, and sit there and go, I'm not my mother's son if I'm lying about what happened. I would not do anything to cause trouble against the movement or any of those things. And I'm going, dude, you are so guilty. Everyone, like, cops are pissed. Politicians are pissed. Like, you should be in jail. Yeah. You wasted all those man hours, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in just in, in taxpayer money that you wasted to, to fabricate this lie, this hoax that you did to put on for everyone. And now, because... To make it go away, you close the files, I'll pay the fine, we'll do this. I just want to get back to work, but I'm telling you, it happened. Dude, that's not the way it's supposed to work. You know, as our, as our friend said, you know, back in the day, our, our sweet old lady here, who everyone loves, where's she at over then? Where the hell is she? Who's switching my soundboard around again? Has to be you. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. It's not. No. And, and the police commissioner was outraged, man. He was outraged at this. And he has every right to be. And then the balls on this guy to literally stand up there and say, I'm not my mother's son if I'm lying about this. Well, then guess what, brother? You must have been adopted. You must have been adopted because you ain't your mama's kid because your ass is lying. Mm -hmm. So that's it. The final question. That's it. Yep. And right. uh, Barbecue Beat Balboa had a comment to your. Uh, what was his comment? He goes, "Bullshit. Dodgers are due, my man. They're due." Well, he doesn't want to hear mine. So. Well, Dodgers are due. Well, what do you got? You can make your prediction. I'll let you make it first. All right. I'm. I'm saying the Phillies are going to win 86 games, and they're not. So you're going 10 games under my prediction. You're going against me, Joe, the guy who knows more baseball than any other person in this living room, aside from you. I'm going against you. And there's only two of us in here. Yeah. Is everybody okay? Good. 
All right, so you say they only win 86. All right, yeah. so I, what's, what's your thing? And I think it's going to be Houston and Boston. Houston and Boston. I'm taking the, I'm taking the freaking Red Sox out of it. I'm but, sick of the Red Sox. But I'm taking Houston as well. Okay. I'm going to take the Dodgers and the Cardinals. The Cardinals go to the World Series. Look at you, Joe. You're fired. And Houston gets another parade. All right. Okay, so we both agree on the World Series champion, though. Yeah. All right, so at least we agree that. That's good. Those questions brought to you by Dr. Catfish Charlie. You can follow him at, uh, at Dr. Catfish Charlie on Twitter. You can answer for yourself later on tonight. Now, let's, Joe, let's get one last update on the, uh, the, the Funkin' Fantasy March Madness bracket that's going on right now on the games already in progress before we get the hell out of here. Let me pull that back up. Um, Stringer Bell's up 76-24. Silvio's up 76-24 over Weebay. And that was Stringer versus Brian. Right. Um, Come on, Joe. Uh, no, because it's repeating on me. Uh, Carisi and uh, Arliss are 50-50 Carisi. Out of BC. No, I mean, you, oh, Carisi's... No, I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. And out of BC's up 59-41. Oh! He pulls ahead. He hits the late bucket and he pulls ahead. Make sure you stay tuned tomorrow as a, you know, competition picks back up again. And we're going to get this thing down to 32 before the end of the day. All right? Awesome. So, did you have fun tonight, Joe? Of course. Good. Good. Hope everybody else had fun, too. I got to shut this thing down. I want to thank everyone for joining us on Facebook Live. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening on Block Talk Radio. Also, following along on Twitter, at Funkin' Fantasy. Make sure you're following my man, Joe Quillen here, at Quills. What is it? Uh, at Quills underscore 79. Philly Guy 73. At Philly Guy 73. I was way off. Speaking of way off, it's time for me to get the hell way off this microphone and get ready to go to work tonight. So, we'll see you next week. Actually, I think we may be on a different day because I'm going to have to work. It sucks. But I'll, I'll try to room some things around. If not, if I don't see you Tuesday... I'll see you Thursday. And if I don't see you Thursday, I'll see you Friday. But meanwhile, I'll see you later. I'm Luigi Curto reminding you it's not a fantasy if you believe it's real. Good night, everybody. I am pissed off. interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Kuhn, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.